when talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges, never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven-day delivery, access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life, and allowing you fresher product. 24-7 customer support. Call, text, chat, email, anytime, from anywhere. Uh, they take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. They have a very they have very diverse product lines, so their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online. They truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am going to be joined with Jen Ichikawa. She is back on the show. Today, we are going to be talking with Austin Smith, and I hope that you got to check out our Wednesday Rewind with Chef Bart Pickens, because he is referenced in this interview and Austin is a uh, he is a Memphis guy, and uh, he was born in Memphis, and he was raised in Nashville. And he tells his entire story, and I love his story because, you know, I've lived here for thirty three years, and I've met so many people that started off like him. You know, we went to I went to Lipscomb, he went to Lipscomb, and you know, he worked for a liquor distributor, I worked for a food distributor, but he opened a restaurant and just kind of made it happen. It was kind of his passion. And I just love hearing stories like this. And he goes through the entire story and he teases us with some pretty big news that he's got coming up in the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait to hear what he has going on. This is a really fun, fun interview. We get to catch up and talk about a lot of stuff. So excited that you're here today and uh, excited. I got to go to uh, Chopper Tiki last night, and I finally got to eat Mais de la Vida uh, right outside of Chopper Tiki. I want to give them a shout-out because, man, I, obviously Julio's a good friend of mine. I've talked to him forever, but actually getting out there and getting to eat his food was second to none. If you guys want the authentic taco and enchilada and his elote and even the churros, I mean, gosh, everything was fantastic. Go check him out. I think he's there every single day starting at 4 o'clock at Chopper Tiki in East Nashville. And if you haven't been to Chopper Tiki, that place is super-duper cool. And uh, while I don't drink, it's all, you know, drinks. They made me some really fancy mocktails to where I felt super-duper special. You can check my stories over at uh, in, on Instagram at Brandon underscore NRR. That is my Instagram handle. Uh, you guys go follow me, and I'm going to keep putting up there all the little times I go out and see people and 
We had a lot of fun hanging out with uh, hanging out with some other uh, restaurant owners. We had a good time. So, um, lots of fun things happening coming up in the future. Next week, we are going to have our La Dame de Scaffier, uh Table Talk Series. We're going to have another one coming up next week on Monday. And then Sean Lyons of the Germantown Cafe. Yes, Germantown Cafe is back after the tornado. They are back and better than ever. Jeffrey Martin and team are putting out some amazing food. So if you're making plans out there, go make reservations. Go check out the Germantown Cafe. We're going to be talking to their new uh, general manager, managing partner, director of operations. I don't know what his actual title is. I cannot wait to learn more about him. He's such a fantastic and fascinating guy. Um, So just hang out. And uh, I hope that you enjoy this episode. This episode is going to be brought to you by What Chefs Want. It's also brought to you by Complete Health Partners and Sharpier's Bakery. Enjoy. Super excited today to welcome in Austin Smith, who is the owner of Party Fowl. What's going on, Austin? Oh, man, just another day. How about yourself? I, I'm fantastic. Well, let me, let's talk about you for a second. You look amazing i've been following kind of your journey i guess on facebook how much weight have you lost so i'm, I'm right at 100 pounds down and uh been, wow. been uh, lift, lifting and doing hit and cardio tracking my food and tracking my sleep and everything for about a year and a half now um so just trying to get after it. my i turned 40 in march and the goal is to be under 20 percent body fat by then and uh, my trainer says impossible which just pisses me off and makes me want to even you know go for it harder so you know, trying to look better at 40 than I did at 20. I guess that's my midlife crisis. Hey, man, that's fantastic. That is awesome. So just working out, eating right, and you turn 40 in March. What day in March? 10th. Oh, man, I'm March 8th. Nice. Well, See, there's there. a reason we have Brandon. It's what it is. Team. That's what it was. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we, we now we're back. We're next season – it's on. So a little backstory if you're listening to this. Austin is one of the better he, – he has the best softball team in the restaurant world. State champs. I mean, how many years? Well, we've got we've got three of the last four uh, championships. Y'all edged us out on one. So who has uh, that other one? Is that, was, that, was that one of Maribel? I think we played you three out of four of those uh, championships. So it was pretty much always, you know, us going back and forth. But – yeah, we uh we're we're still out there swinging. I love it. Well, we're gonna next year uh, make sure that we link up because we're get, we have a team. We're gonna we got a whole. It's on now. We have to get like six more teams because the restaurant league just hasn't come back yet. So we might just have to go play in another league so we can play each other. Well, you know who we're talking with right now, right? We're talking to the entire Nashville restaurant community. So if you're out there. And you want to start a softball team. How many people do you need to start a softball team? I mean, it's always good to have 10 that are going to show up every day, but that's never going to be a, uh, something that happen. Everyone's short-staffed. So, you know, usually having people who are on your staff who have a significant other that also likes to play, having them involved. Um, I usually oh, cool. like to have 12 15 people, you know. And, uh, you know, this league, you know, we, I've been playing in it for 15 years, was one of the best-kept secrets. I mean, like – Everyone's regulars came out. They rolled grills out there, and everyone brought their own beer and cheered for each other. I mean, it was a whole thing. I've never seen anything like it in all my softball years, and I've played for over twenty years now. You know, um, it was just so cool. And and we 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 lost, you know, uh, Derek Nolan, New York, who who one of the co-founders of the league and ran the league. And 
after that and COVID, we just haven't popped back. So we've been playing rec ball um, in Donaldson Hermitage area so we, and patiently waiting. We got to get that league back together. If you're out there and you are a manager in a restaurant, you own a restaurant and you want to do the softball league, we need six more teams, right? Because you can count me in. So you have Maribel and we'll have Party Foul. And then you got, we got what? Is it six more or four more after that? Well, I'm I'm sure we can get three or four of the OGs back out there. I, you know, but my thing is, all these folks are coming into town to open up new restaurants, and and uh, you know, let's let's get that community back. Let's get that back and forth banter. You know, uh, throw a <laughs> gift card on the line for the team that wins. I don't care. Let's talk. Let's talk some trash. Oh man, that was my favorite part. Did you because we're both pitchers on the teams. I don't know if yes. that's still. But we get up to the plate. I like to talk shit to every single person that gets up there. Like, where do you want? I'm gonna. You ain't going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing about me. Like, I'm talking shit to you the entire time, but I'm also like kind of fun. And you're like, I want to hate him, but the guy's kind of nice. You know? Oh and I man, we. Had, you know. That see now. I, so you've been a year and a half of hustling and getting into shape. I just hit two years of sobriety. So oh, awesome, man. I would not be that was one of my favorite things because I would always bring a couple of tall boys, but then when you play party foul, he always had a Gatorade container full of like a basically a boozy slushy, which is what they're famous for at Party Foul. So I would always sneak over another dugout. I'm talking to everyone like, hey, can I hit that one time? <laughs> I would always go back Everybody with this. Did. I mean, people who weren't even playing us came over to get their cup, you know, but that's we've been doing that. We started there, and it's just one of those things. Even the umpires come get a cup every once in a while, you know. So, you know, whenever they make a bad call, be like, I know why. Mm -hmm. Too much punt. <laughs> well, I will tell you one of my favorite moments of softball. This is not a softball podcast, but I will tell you, one day we were playing in the championship. We beat you guys, I think, to go to the championship. I don't know if we were playing you that year, but I show up at the ballpark, and there's like this this whisper about like, hey, did you guys hear that Shaq is going to be here? Shaq's going to be here, and I was like what? Like who? They go Shaquille O'Neal. I'm like, why the hell is Shaquille O'Neal going to be here? What is this? And lo and behold, like 10 minutes later, all these suburbans roll in and freaking Shaquille O'Neal gets out of a car and there's Austin Smith and the party foul team with a bunch of cameras and they're playing softball with Shaq. <laughs> the greatest big man in NBA history is, is in Madison, at this little ballpark next to us, and you're just out there hanging out with them. Like, what is what is the story behind that? So, Brandon, I have to tell you, you know, we were talking about how we talk shit a little bit and everything. This was not an accident that that's the night that I filmed that particular. <laughs> when y'all knocked us out of the playoffs, I was like, oh, yeah, good luck getting anyone to watch your game tonight, baby, because I'm bringing Shaq to the softball field. <laughs> so they, it they worked out to Shaq, Shaq was opening up his new restaurant called uh, Big Chicken. Um, and and uh, so they were going around doing a Facebook show and they filmed a part here in Middle Tennessee. And they had, uh, I mean, he went out on a farm and chased chickens like Rocky and he came and, and ate some food with us. And every time that he went and filmed with somebody about their Southern food and what they love the most about it and kind of you know, brainstorming what they're going to do with their menu and everything, he would all always do something fun with them. And so they were like, you play softball. I was like, we actually, yeah, but we lost out of the playoffs last week. I tore my calf muscle again. One of my buddies broke his tailbone. I was like, we're in rough shape. I said, but you know, we could, 
we could go play a little uh, game um, on Sunday night. I said, the championship will be on the other field, but the, that, that means the other field's going to be wide open, so we can just go film over there. <laughs> I did that on absolute purpose. <laughs> well, I thank you for that. It was a cool moment for me. I didn't give a shit. I'm like, that is right. Shaq. Oh, my God. He was a giant. Is that the first time you ever felt small? I mean, <laughs> no. I, I was 170 pounds at that moment in my life, and I still feel like, like the smallest thing in the world. Insignificant. I'm like looking up what? Good Lord. How he tall is he actually? He's seven uh, foot something, right? Right? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I, he's seven he's foot just, seven, I think. Jen, do you know who Shaquille O'Neal is? Okay. Let's not. <laughs> of course I do. I. How do you know I, who listen, he is? Listen. Oh, because basketball is played indoors. Sports are like not my thing and like actively not my thing. <laughs> but yeah, I know Shaq. I know Michael Jordan. Like I know like the big ones. He's on the commercials. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. He's, He's funny general. too. So Brian, like my husband watches like videos of him. Yeah. Yeah. So every commercial done. And he owns like a ton of like Papa John's or so he does something. He like has all these, he's a businessman. And I remember his cribs episode. He's literally one of the nicest human beings I've ever met too. Um, everyone who he filmed with for this, you know, series that he did, he flew all of us out to Las Vegas for the opening of his restaurant. And it was for his friends and family with all his celebrity friends and family. Like Dana White was there, Vivica A. Fox. And, you know, we, we just like constantly just people walking by and we're like, this is the coolest damn thing ever. You and, got to uh, go to no, Vegas for the opening they, of that? Yeah, they paid for our round trip flights. They put us up in the hotel. They they fed us. And, and it was just, man, I said, what a top-notch dude. You know, you don't have to do any of that stuff. He just did because he's cool. We wow. love him. Okay, but wait, how was the chicken? The chicken was great. His sandwiches, they're not, it's not like a Nashville hot chicken restaurant, right? Okay. So different styles of sandwiches and i'm telling you they were on point uh his uh his banana pudding uh was good um he, he uh, his mac and cheese he actually takes cheese it's and crumbles it up and bakes those on the top of the so i mean i liked the food i can't yeah. eat it every day really liked it <laughs> well austin i have to say thanks for doing um the show this is the second time that you've been on nashville restaurant radio did you know that correct Yes, Do you remember first, doing the first one? Yeah, because it was the beginning of COVID, and you were like, "Let's come, let's tell everybody how to make a boozy slushy." And I was like, All right, "Well, get a blender," and uh, you know, it was like we're just kind of like <laughs> everything is shut down. What are we? What are we gonna do? So I, I told the girls over at Bread and Butter, I was like, "I want to do this again with them and 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 have some fun." The first one was was no video; it was just you know audio and and. Man, it was just, it was a very somber time. I, I was just sort of like, uh, we make the drinks. You know, <laughs> was just, well, where was it? that episode was aired on, I put it out March 22nd, 2020. Wow. So we were like one weekend. This was like my seventh episode I think I had ever done. And I felt bad. Yeah. Everybody stuck at home and I thought, let's get some really amazing people on. Let's do a show. We're going to call it a virtual happy hour. Do you know who was on that show with you? We had you came on and gave us a recipe for a, a cherry limeade, boozy yep. slushy. Jessica Long, who was a uh, mixologist, came on and gave us some ideas for some drinks to make with leftover shit in your in your cupboard. Like if you need to just make a drink and you can't go to the store, this you probably have this stuff already 
make a drink. Hal Holdenbach from Lachlan Table came on and gave yeah. us his cornbread recipe. And Chef Ed Butler from U.S. Foods came on and gave some more cooking. Re you know what? That show only had 38 listens. <laughs> to this day, the shows around it have hundreds of listens. But since it says virtual happy hour and it doesn't show who's like on, you have to like look to see that it's, oh, Austin uh, Smith and Hal Holdenbach and Ed Butler. That show is the least listened to show that I've done so far. So if you're wow. listening to this right now, go back to March 22nd, uh, 2020, and you can listen to a pretty good episode. The, the audio is terrible, but it's a good episode. It was the first week we did this podcast, and thank you for doing that. Absolutely, brother. So now here we are. We're almost post-pandemic, and uh, I think we have we have to continue talking about sports because – you are like me, a diehard Titans fan. Oh, huge, ridiculous! How insane. about that game? Fanatic is what you know. Fan comes from, and I am absolutely a fanatic. Yes. So now you have a party foul at Nissan Stadium. I have two. Two. I have one. One in the south end zone, right when you come over the walking bridge and you go in there, and then one on the west third level, facing first and broad. Um, and, and I did that because when you're on first and broad and you look at Nissan, you could actually see the old Logan signage and I wanted yeah. to have that and, uh, just for a personal thing. So those are the two units we have over there. It's a very limited menu, but they are executing fantastic. Uh, the line is so freaking long. I haven't even eaten there yet. I go up there and I'm like, nah, I'm going to miss too much of the ball game. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I've had it before. I'm good. I'm good. But, uh, it's not how does that make you feel though? Oh, man, are you kidding me? It's a dream come true. I mean, my team, the stadium, I mean, besides when they put the coop in last year, when they were kind of in between, Logan's has been there since the day we opened. I mean, since the day the stadium, you know, took on its first people, you know, it's been Logan's. I'm in there now, you know, and and, and as a Titans fan, I, I can see the end zone one from my seats. And every once in a while, I just look over and I'm just like, wow. When our logo goes up on the screen, I'm like, what happened? Like, how, how, how did we get here? This is just, it's insane. It's well, insane. That, is, that is the best segue that I've ever had somebody give me. How did we get here? This is a good opportunity to talk about how exactly you got there. So you are a local boy. Are you national? Are you grown? You were from Murfreesboro, right? No, I, I lived out there. That's where I brought my first home. Um, so I, I always tell everyone made in Nashville, born in Memphis. Um, we lived when, when my parents uh, got pregnant with me, they lived at the, uh, Hermitage exit off 40, um, okay. at, at the uh, Arbor, uh, anyway, the apartments are still over there, but they lived at the apartments right off the exit. My dad was on tour at the time, I believe with Barbara Mandrell. Uh, that was her live in London days. And so my mom drove to Memphis and I was actually born at Memphis East hospital where my mama and papa, you know, live in that area so they could help you know, uh, with the whole thing. Um, but we came right back home. And so I, I have, I tell everyone made in Nashville, born in Memphis. Uh, mom moved here when she was 17 to sing at Opryland USA. So, I mean, legit, like music family, dad's the piano player and producer, mom's a singer and dancer. And, uh, so yeah, I went to, uh, Ezel Harding, uh, for elementary school. We moved away for a little bit while mom had a record deal uh, and then she did a, a show in Branson, Missouri for a little bit. So we, we moved away for about five, six years total. 
came back and I ended up at Ezel Harding again. So right over here in Antioch, graduated from Ezel, went to Lipscomb University, graduated from Lipscomb University, and I, I've never left and I never will. Now this is this is my home and this is where my where my people are. Um when we uh brought our first two kids home from the hospital, that was uh, we had our first house in Murfreesboro. My dad lived there at the time. My mom was back in Branson doing another show. So I wanted to be near a grandparent because those kids, man, they'll run you. They'll I, run I you. bought a house, two houses down from my parents. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I have twins and my mom moved in with us basically from Florida. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, good stuff. So you were at Lipscomb. You didn't go to Lipscomb. You were. After you graduated, you worked on a couple of political campaigns, right? I did. I, I worked. Uh, I worked on Phil Bredesen's back-to-back uh, -back gubernatorial campaigns. Uh, I was a political science um, uh, student. I uh, after we finished the second gubernatorial run, I actually went and worked for Van Hillary, who was his opponent in that second gubernatorial run, and worked on in, in the other party. Uh, I went and worked with him for a U.S. Senate race. And uh, we we did not win that one. I, I'm two. I'm two and three. I'm two for or two for three. Two so, for three. Yeah, two hey, for that's, three. Yeah, that's all star status. But that so wasn't was, your was, that wasn't your future. You know, at first I wanted to be president. You know, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to write a big book and say, you know, everything I'd ever done, so they can just scrap that and get mm -hmm. that crap out of it. You know, th that was my goal. And then once I got into it, I just realized I, I didn't want any part of it. Uh, I, I couldn't deal with that many people, you know, hating who I am or what I stand for. I, you know, it's so different now with social media. Oh, it used to be, oh, this guy seems great or this guy seems cool. Or, well, I heard some bad stuff, but I don't really know what it's all about. So we're good to go. Now it's everything is aired every second of every day. And it's not just your uh, one party or the other. It's there's just hate. There's negativity. And man, I, I, not, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. And I'm going back to the restaurant industry. I'm gonna go back and sell some cocktails, and I'm gonna sell some chicken. And I was, I ran for the hills. Well, it's it's interesting you say you want to be president because I wonder, growing up with parents who were like, we call them celebrities, but they're performing in front of these groups of numbers of people. Did you ever aspire to that? Did you ever aspire to anything like that? Like, hey, both of my parents are big performers. Being a president is basically being a, a performer to a degree. Well, I, I started playing baseball when I was about five, six years old, T-ball, you know, like everybody. Uh, my dad had played ball and had some, I guess, minor league offers, and he chose music over playing baseball. And uh, I just, I always played. And so that was my love was, was baseball. And now there was a time when we lived in Branson, Missouri. I mean, well, shoot, when I was a kid, I sang the national anthem um, for Memphis in May. One year, uh, when I was a little kid, I when we lived in Branson, I opened for the Osmonds and the Rockettes uh, for the Christmas lighting festival for the city of Branson. Uh, my mom and I had our own show at Mutton Hollow Theme Park in Branson, Missouri, for a little while. So there was a time where I was doing that. I actually wrote a few songs with a buddy of mine. We recorded it, and there was a time where where that was an interest of mine. But it always, I don't know. I guess because I had grown up. In, the, in that uh, kind of arena, and, and I'd been around it so much, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do my own thing, you know. Uh, I wanted to put my own, you know, fingerprints on something, my own stamp. So I switched gears. So you worked at the cooker while you were at Lipscomb in Green Hills? I, yes, I worked at Is the that where you got bit by the bug? No. Uh, 
I actually started in hospitality at 12 years old. Uh, my mom was uh, a Patsy Cline at a closer walk with Patsy Cline over um, off Music Valley Drive uh-huh. at the Texas Theater. And uh, I started as concessions and do some staffing issues. Yeah, they had those back then, too, just not nearly as severe as they do now. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually ended up doing lighting um, for the show. So I do concessions before, run up, do the lighting for the whole show. And uh, I also greeted the tour buses. So literally, I would when the tour buses arrived, I would go on and do Q&As about Patsy's life. During intermission, I'd go up there and do the same thing. And then, you know, sold the concessions, did the lighting. Like, that really kind of got me, you know, my juices flowing. Now, I had done some, you know, um, some other things. But, you know, running that concession program and, and, and being kind of like the guy, it was kind of fun. And so... Then I became a host at a place called On the Border in Antioch. I don't know if you remember On the Border. It is no longer – there's not a building right there anymore. Uh, I was there when I was 15, and I almost got fired because uh, the Music City Miracle happened while I was hosting. And I said some very colorful words because of my excitement level, and I got snatched real quick. And, and it, it just it just stuck with me. I loved dealing with people. I loved – uh, communicating. I love taking someone who's having an okay day and seeing it completely turn right in front of your face and, and, and just see the light come, come to them and then be like, I'm having a great time. That is so addicting to me. And so that's what eventually led me down. I loved serving. I loved bartending. I loved managing because I got to do table touches, you know, remedy situations. Did I think I was ever going to be where I am today? Hell no. I had no idea. Like this is, I, I tell, I'm serious. i I pinch myself all the time. I'm like, what, how, what, what? It's crazy. So Jen, do you see any similarities between us here at all? <laughs> um, well, I have to ask, I know you're Tennessee through and through. Is that the California bear on your arm though? So, so my father, my Smith side is from California. So okay. my dad, he was my best friend mm-hmm. and he passed. So this is my arm for him. Whoop. So I've got his piano his signature, his roses, and then my Smith family comes from California. Gotcha. My Very mom's side cute. of the family, I've got my Tennessee with my irises. Iris. She will have her microphone and her roses here, but she said, I'm not allowed to do that until she is dead and gone. She does not want me jinxing that. So yeah. she cannot have her tattoo until later on. But yes, so good question. That way I can say, where are you from? I go, Tennessee, California. That's where my family comes from. Easy peasy. So, yeah, I'd say there's a lot of similarities between you guys. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? What part of California? Modesto, Houston. Okay. So Where? I'm from, I'm from Southern California, and right in uh, Orange County. And we did an interview with a lady a couple weeks ago who said, I'm from California. And I said, what part? We went to the same elementary school. That's nuts. It was crazy. That's- I'm like... I went to Lo Marina. She's like, I went to Lo Marina. I'm like, oh, this is weird. This is a small, small, small world. Right. So you you met a guy named Nick Jacobson, who's yeah. a probably equal Titans fan, Predators guy. I see. I've oh, seen yeah. him more times. I've seen him at Predators games than I've ever seen him anywhere else. Uh, awesome guy, Nick Jacobson. You work with him at 360 Bistro. And then I believe you left there to go work at Athens Distributing. Yes. Is that accurate? Am I following the timeline right? We're going to take just a moment to break away to hear a word from our sponsors. Complete Health Partners is your choice. 
for primary and urgent care. You get direct access. They provide direct in-person access to their providers without the two or three week wait. It's affordable. Starting at $50 a month, no premiums, co-pays, deductibles, regardless of insurance coverage. Proven results. Keeps employees healthy through goals and continuous access, minimizing lost shifts. Innovating patient care in the community here in Nashville. They have three convenient locations right here in Nashville. This is what you need. This is what restaurants right now need to help retain their employees. This is the right thing to do. Offering urgent and telehealth care for your employees right now. That's Complete Health Partners. Go check them out. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab. Scroll down to Complete Health Partners and click that link. Need you to do that. That lets them know that you heard about them on our show. It's primary care that doesn't feel like you're at the DMV. Sharpier's Bakery has been delivering fresh bread to the back door of your restaurant since 1986. Six days a week, fresh bread delivered daily. Erin Moso and her family are happy to work with you to identify exactly what bread you need and get it delivered to you immediately. Look, if there's one thing that we've learned throughout the pandemic, it's that supporting local mom-and-pop businesses has never been more important. And this is exactly who you're working with when you work with Sharpier's Bakery. Sharpier's is spelled C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S Bakery, and it's sharpier's.com. Check them out on Instagram at Sharpier's Bakery, and you can find all of their posts, all the cool stuff they're doing. And if you go to sharpier's.com, you can see over 200 breads that they are currently making for customers. So if you have your own bread, your own recipe that you like to make, they'll make it for you and deliver it to you six days a week. Give Erin Moso a call. She's at 615-319-6453 or at Sharpier's, just email him, Sharpier's, C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S at gmail.com. Sharpier's Bakery, your local bread baker for 35 years. So, so back in about 2005, 2006, Nick was opening his first, uh, well, his restaurant three, uh, at the time it was not called 360 at the time. No. It was actually a franchise called the grape and the grape was really, really cool. Um, small plate tapas. I went and worked for him there. I knew nothing about wine when I started, but, uh, they quickly trained me. Oh, well, the grape was up. really cool. Cause you had the restaurant and then next to it was a wine store. Yeah. And I actually right? ran that wine with them for a while too. Okay. And so. When we met, you know, Nick and I were very close in age, a couple of years difference. And uh, Nick started playing softball with me. We even had a, a dodgeball team at one point. We tried flag football and it was all under party foul. I had started that uh, my college years, uh, changed the U to a W and put a rooster on the front. And I thought I was real clever. You know, um, I had no idea what that was going to turn into, but we've been playing under the name party foul for 20 years almost. And, uh, so yeah, he played with me on Party Foul and you know, for the first like you know, few years we just joked like that would be a cool chicken joint. And then one day I was at uh, his house, we were doing a movie night with his wife and my now wife, and he and I were driving to Chili's to pick up some curbside and I said, Hey man, I'm gonna quit my job at Athens and I'm gonna open Party Foul. I said, You in? He goes, You have a business plan? I said, It you know, I've got the beginnings of it, it needs some tweaks and stuff. We gotta fi- finish it. He goes, Bring it over, let's finish it. So we finished it together and I mean, within a week and a half, I think, 
we were approved and I had already picked out the space on uh, 8th Avenue in the Gulch, which mm-hmm. everyone mocked me. They're like, that is so nasty over there. I was it's crossing that Napa auto parts. Uh, it was um, CarQuest. CarQuest. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was like a. Yeah. And so there was like gunshot holes in the window. There was, uh, you know, some homeless folks living in the basement. There were dead rats mm-hmm. behind the bar and the building was only 3000 square feet. And uh, I'll never forget. I, I got approved for a certain amount. Um, I had this, once I met Bart Pickens and knew that I had this amazingly talented chef, I said, I can't restrict him to a little 400 square foot kitchen. So I was like, how are we going to do this? I was like, I'm going to double the building out back, but I need to multiply my, my ask times six. So what I originally was asking for to open my first party foul times six. And I got some definite cross-eyed and some, some weird looks on that one. Um, but in the end, uh, Nick and, and his father, Harry, uh, trust me and said yes. And we were off to the races. We built, we doubled out the size of that little space. And now they've built a high rise every inch around us. And we look like we've been there a hundred years and I love it. I love it. Oh, it's, it's amazing what you've got going on there. And every time when I was in sales, when I was a drinker, uh, I would drive by all the time and every, it didn't matter if it was seven o'clock in the morning and it was Hot, cold, didn't matter. I'm sitting in my car and I looked at the side of your building. I'd see a big sign that said "Boozy Slushies," and I always thought, uh-huh. like, God, I could go for a that that the way that that sounds a boozy slushy. I'm like, that is so right up my alley. I want one of those right now. Like, but it's only eight o'clock in the morning. That's not okay. You've been taunting me for years. You even know it. I love it. I love it. The boozy slushies. So Bart Pickens, he's been on the show. Um, I yeah. talked to Bart for. An hour. Hey, what are you doing? I love that guy. Tell me about the first time you met Bart. What was that like? Well, the story of how I met Bart is absolutely fantastic. It is not just a simple story. When I was posting my first ad looking for kitchen manager or chef, you know, I didn't write just a generic, you know, looking for a chef or kitchen manager wanted. No, no, no. I did a one ad. Like uh, if you like pina coladas, must love dogs. I did a, a thing that said must love chicken. And I basically wrote this letter looking for my counterpart who loves chicken like I love chicken. And it was really funny. And I had like 80 something people uh, send me their application and, and their resume. And out of those, I had three that kind of jumped off the page to me a little bit. Um, and one of them I knew I could not afford. There was just no way that we still had the 3000 square foot building. And the experience was through the roof, open corporate restaurants, you know, all over three star, you know, restaurants, 800 staff casino, you know, kitchen programs. Like I got a little chicken shack. Right. (laughs) So I I had the first two cook for me and there was some really great stuff in there. But I was looking for someone who's my kind of crazy, who gets me and and is willing to play and and is not just going to be a one note song. You know, I wanted someone who who blew my mind and, and. just thinks the way I think. And so I kept getting an email every day for four days, twice a day. I, I, it might've been longer. I mean, it's every day, just boom, 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 resume, 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 Ernest Bart Pickens. And finally I call him and I go, what? He goes, I love chicken. I said, <laughs> yeah, but I can't afford it. He goes, you don't know that. And so we interviewed him and uh, it was like the scene from Forrest Gump. I, you know, I said, before we get started, before I tell you about this concept, the number one priority is that we have the best fried chicken on the planet, period. I mean, that, that it's everything. He goes, how do you want it? 
You want dill pickle brine, salt water brine, sweet tea brine, buttermilk brine, single dredge, double dredge. I mean, he just starts rattling. He got done. I went, <laughs> yes, I want all of that. Let's do that. So um, Bart came and cooked for us. And I had this idea in my head that I was going to have like the old fashioned um, kind of hot pickled uh, hard boiled eggs behind the bar and I, like the Western days. And I was going to call them foul balls. And that was going to be one of my little fun haha. So Bart's cooking and he comes out and he has a dish called foul balls. And it was not that it was his, his little arancini, his little, his little uh, New Orleans style, dirty rice fried into a little ball. But the fact that that's where his head was going, he was already thinking of these fun, cool little plays. A baseball reference. Switching it up and everything. I looked at Nick. I said, this food tastes half as good as it, you know, it looks, I, this is over. This is done. We found our guy and we ate the food. It was, it was fantastic. I mean, um, Bart's as much, and, and, and he and Tiffany Thompson, VP, they're as much um, uh, a part of this success and, and who we are uh, today as I am. Um, I am very, very blessed to have those folks with me. They make it as special as it is. Do you know, I met Bart Pickens when he was at the Country Music Hall of Fame back. Tom Morales was running the way long time ago. It used to be a place called the Sobro Grill. And I was young. I worked for a company. I went for Creation Gardens. And I would go in there and Bart would go, hey, you got isomalt. And I would go, I I don't know what isomalt is. And he'd go, let me tell you, come come, come, come here. And And we would go sit on the dock. And probably my favorite thing that I did back then, we're talking 2006. Okay, well, this is 15 years ago. Uh, we're sitting on the dock, and he would he smoked, and I, I smoked back then too. And we'd sit, and I would have cigarettes with Bart. Anytime I ever wanted to smoke, I would just pull up to the back country hall of fame. I'd go find Bart, yeah. and he would teach me something. Like I had no clue what all this stuff is. He'd be like, "That's, that's baby cabbage. You gotta try. You gotta." And he just had a story for every single thing in the world, and it meant so much to me. He's wacky, but he's like one of my favorite people in the world. I'm so lucky that you, I'm so happy that you guys found each other. Yeah. I, I he left me for three months once to go cook scallops, fish and steak. Cause he missed that. And, uh, he came back and he said, the grass ain't green. It's just effing grass. And, uh, <laughs> everyone who thinks about leaving, he tells them, you don't know who you're going to work for. You know who Austin and Tiffany are. You know who I am. You don't know who you're going to get over there, you know? And so, uh, you do a really good impression. I mean, dude, I live with this guy. I mean, basically live with this. He's, he's, I mean, he's my spirit animal. I freaking love this dude. Where is he from? Because both of you are giving him a weird accent. New Orleans. New Orleans. But when he gets fiery, like when he gets intense, his New Orleans sounds almost Boston Jersey in the weirdest way. Okay, because I was going to say, I'm getting water boy. That's Cajun. You got it. Yeah. That's it. He, he, uh, he over dramatizes the Cajun when he's talking about something, you know, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, we try our best. We try our best. But yes, <laughs> it, the water boy. It's if, if him and Gordon Ramsay had a baby, that'd be Pickens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a good, that's a good marriage right there. Um, if no. you're listening to this and you're like, I got to know more about this guy, probably one of the most unique chefs in the entire city. Um, June 4th, 2020, I spent an hour and 15 minutes talking to Bart on the patio of Party Foul Cool Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation that you can go listen to right now. So we're, we're, we're almost, we, we've got to 8th Avenue is open. 
you've got this thing going. You found your chef. Business take off from there? Did it take a little while? What What was that like? Business was that was not the best than, corner. No, but it was business was better than I expected. Um, what I had in my head, what I had projected on my performa, we 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 killed that. Um, but man, we were learning. You know, it was our concept, but it was our first time doing it. It was like, okay, the training wheels are still on right now. So, you know, we we had a very heavy staff. We wanted to make sure that we were staying on top of it. We didn't want to get blown out. Um, and it, but it honestly took, you know, two, two and a half years to really see that it was going to start moving in a crazy direction. And those first two years, I'll tell you, there were times that me, Tiff and Bart held our payroll uh, and didn't get paid so that we could hit our bills and stuff. I mean, we, we were literally a brand new first timer, you know, we make it look easy, but it, it wasn't, you know, doing what we do takes a lot. Um, and, and again, I was blessed with some wonderful people who were along for the ride and, and, uh, they stuck with me. And, you know, as we started to see everything at the beginning, I was the general manager for about the first nine months, we brought in, um, a consultant. And the first thing he said was, you need to stop being the GM. I said, no way, bro. This is my store. You know, not happening. He said, you're, you're never going to be able to be an owner if you're a manager because you can't see what's happening unless you can step back and see the full picture. <clears throat> so it took, it took a few months for me to, to get to that point. And, um, I finally, I moved Tiffany Thompson, who's now the VP of party found. I moved her into the GM role. I stepped back into, I was always there but I I'd let her work with, with all the invoicing and, 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 and hitting labor, hitting food costs. You know, I checked in on, on that weekly, we had a Monday meeting to show me where we were on everything, but I got to see, but you know, more, I could see some of the opportunities. I could see some places where we could be doing a better job or we could be more efficient. And sure enough, the guy was dead on, right. The second I relieved myself from being the GM and started to actually be the owner operator, man, it just, well, you could be the visionary. Yeah, and 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 start making some moves. And and it was not too long after that that we signed on Donaldson. Um, when we signed on Donaldson, they said it was going to take like fifteen months for the build out, and we were ready to go. We had we had finally like cracked the code in our head, like how to make this work, how to you know stay in the black, how to you know be successful. We're like, let's do it. And I said, well, this is going to take too long, so we went to Murfreesboro. And we actually opened that store up because it was a second gen restaurant. We opened it up six months before we opened Donaldson. So our number two and number three store, we did open within six months of each other. And that was insane. Uh, we were not prepared for Donaldson. Um, I was expecting 184 people for friends and family, but I told my team, let's not make any enemies. If people come up here and think that we're open, see them. I'll pay for their food and drinks. I want everyone to enjoy friends and family night. Let's pack the place. I want to see it breathe. I want to see it. You know, the whole nine. I want to see the whole, I want to, I want to see it, you know? Yeah. We set 475 people in an hour. Uh, oh. I still have, I, I, at one point I was in my office upstairs with three fingers of bourbon in the fetal position in the corner, just rocking. And people were knocking, like, you in there? We need you to agree to the table. And I wouldn't say a word. I like disappeared for 10, 15 minutes. I just needed to like not have a mental breakdown because I had greeted every table and were so mad at me they're like it's been an hour and a half i'm like i know (laughs) trying to let everyone come in and have a party and it backfired um one of the the ladies from eater was there and uh, we invited them to the friends and family and they didn't get their food and end up leaving early 
That was fun. That's when I learned really make friends and family, friends and family. Do not invite the bloggers in the room. <laughs> You're going to step on your toe, do it while no one's watching. <laughs> That's what it's for. That's what it's for. It's to get your little dry run in. <laughs> Jen, we've been talking fun. over here. You've got to have thoughts. Yeah, I, I just, I remember when 8th Avenue opened. Because that, what year was that? 2014. Yeah, I moved here in 2013. So I remember, and I live, I worked at Merchants downtown, and I lived off Wedgwood, Houston. So I passed that all the time. And so I remember it being built and then coming up. And then all of a sudden, you were everywhere. Like, it felt very fast. And I remember, like, that was my, one of my first introductions to Hot Chicken because I'd been to Hattie B's, but I'd never been to Prince's. And then there was just party foul everywhere. And I saw you everywhere. You know, we we like to play big, you know, um, even though we're, we're small and we're just a little. I mean, my, my corporate team is five people heavy mm -hmm. and, and we, we can move a mountain. I'm telling you, I've got a great team, but we like to play like we're, we're, we're huge. So, you know, going in the stadium, uh, locking in the airport deal, um, you know, we're, we're opening new locations. I'm going to have a new one that I'll probably be able to announce in the coming probably two or three weeks, but I cannot do it today. But we oh. gotta, I'm telling you, we, this one is a hammer. You're going to go, oh, my God. Just well, telling hopefully you. it's in Bellevue. Well, so do, no. you have, do you have goals for outside of the Nashville arena? Like, are you looking beyond middle? Las Vegas. <laughs> You'll find out in the next week or two. It's, it is not in Tennessee. So, wow. um, oh, so we're playing there. Um, we are, we are working on some other airport deals currently. So we're going to be trying to expand that visibility. Um, and we were very fortunate, you know, during COVID, we actually Lay's selected us and did a, a Nashville hot potato chip with us. It was every grocery store in America had it. And it was, I mean, man, you grow up going to picnics with your family and stuff and having barbecue and, you know, cheddar and sour cream and onion chips from Lay's on the, and you're all in one of the bags. You know, it was just so freaking cool. You know, we, we've been very blessed in a short amount of time and we we're not even eight years old and. You know, we've got eight units right now. We're about to add a ninth and um, then a bunch more after that. And good Lord willing, you know. Uh, Man, that's amazing. That's where we're heading. We, we like to do it. We have a lot of fun building these families. And um, that, that, that's what we are. You know, we have two rules at Party Foul. Rule number one, we're a family. Rule number two, don't poison the well. There's not a rule about chicken or drinks because anyone can make good food and good drinks. It's the culture that you create and the vibe that you have in your building that makes you either successful or not successful. People remember that more than they'll remember the food. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Service, make people have an experience while they're there. It's not just about eating chicken. You can eat chicken anywhere, although your chicken is very good and, your sh and Bart does a fantastic job. It's really, really good. But Thank you. And I, you know what I also love about you is that I think that people come to town and they see party foul chicken and, and it's so well done that I, I, I would imagine they see it in the airport and they see it here and they go, oh, it's a chain. That's just a chain. You're like, while it is getting to be, it is a locally owned and operated restaurant that started here in Nashville. And I like to celebrate people that have done really, really well and let people know like, no, Carrie Bringle is one of those guys. People... Uh, I love like it. Carrie's hilarious, but you know, he's one of your neighbors over there, but people would say, Oh, I, I'd read online. What's the, somebody would say they're coming to Nashville and they'd say, what's the best place to get barbecue? And somebody would write, you know, peg leg pork. And they go, that place is a tourist trap. That's just a chain. It's like, 
No, 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 no. That's that is as local as it gets. There's nothing more locally owned and operated than that. I get it all the time. People think that you know some of the locals cause a tourist trap, um, and and a lot of people come in. They're like, so how many how many of these are you? And you are the, are you the franchisee or you know? And they think that there's this big conglomerate. I'm like, dude. I literally used to live in my car. I'm a Nashville boy. Like I just, this is us, you know, and, and we're so invested in, in our community. You know, I, I, um, I serve on the board here um, for the chamber of Donaldson Hermitage. And, you know, that's where we, my kids are, you know, they go to school and they play and everything. And, and we're just, we're as local as it gets. And when people have that wrong, you know, idea, I, I'm like, I just want to tell you, I just want to shake your hand and tell you who I am. Cause if you knew you would never even have another thought, you know, but people, some folks think that we're this big thing. But you know, you, just, but you, you got to take that as a compliment as well. Well, you don't want to be known that way, but like first Shane Nasby's one of those guys. He did such a great job with honey fire barbecue. People walk in and go, Oh, this is a chain. Like, no, I just did a really good job with hitting yeah. all of the details, and it's repli- I can replicate this, but it's it's I've I've done a really good job, and everybody thinks it because it's so clean, and it just wow, you guys have a really distinct culture. This must come from some think tank. Like, no, it's it's not. This is just this is Nashville. This is who we are. Because listen, people people notice the little details. You know, they notice if your menu looks like you meant for every single thing to be exactly where it is and on which page and where your eyes are drawn. And you, you notice these things, you notice if you line the salt and pepper shakers up the same way, every time on every table, people might not just walk through and go, Oh, that look. But you see it. It's subconscious. You see if someone cares and someone puts the time and the energy into trying to, you know, I tell my people all the time, this is your home. You are having a house party today. Now, when you throw a house party, what, what are your expectations for your home? Uh, to look the best it looks here all year exactly and what do you want for your guests to have the best time ever to leave here going man they've got their stuff together and the food and drinks were awesome i said you're throwing a house party you're the host it's yours it's on you it is going to be what you make it you know and 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 we do it we you know we we try to do our best to do that all the time we don't we don't hit it we don't bat a thousand on that you know but uh nobody can like bart pickens says if you strive for perfection excellence can be achieved it sounds like a Grant Cardone quote. <laughs> but anyhow, so thanks for joining us here. We're not done. I we just we're just getting out of a pandemic. And we, without it being a 45 minute conversation, how'd you guys do? Was it scary? Did you what how'd you guys pivot to use the, yeah. the way overused word of 2020? How are you doing now? Sounds like you're growing, you got more stuff coming on. What's your pandemic story? Uh, you know, it was a challenge, but when everything shut down, I told my team, I was like, we're, we're not, we're going to keep everyone together. Um, we, I asked my management team to, to uh, take a 50% um, hit on their salary until, you know, um, we knew some funding was probably going to come down the pike. So I asked everyone to go to 50% and all of my salaried employees ran all the stores during the shutdown tour. It was delivery and takeout only. And because we didn't have enough shifts to give all of our hourly employees and we knew they were getting their unemployment, we instead, Bart created these family meals and we did two meals per household per day. Whether you had two people in your house or six people in your house, we tried to take the food out of the equation for all of our hourly. So we fed our team. We kept them together. Um, We managed our, our finances very well. I'm very proud that we did that. 
So when the pandemic kind of lightened up and we got back to having 50% seating and 100% seating, we actually came back with like 95% of our employees coming back in the building because we told them we're a family. That is rule number one. And I think more than anything, going through that together, um, they, they got to see that that's real. It's not just words. It's not something written in your handbook that is true to God, who we are. I don't take for granted one second anybody who walks in my building and, and puts on the logo and works that day because they're part of my dream. You know, without them, I don't have anything. So we we, we monitored that. We managed that. We came out really well. We had a, f- a pretty full team coming back in. Now, since then, there's been a lot of, you know, ebbs and flows with staffing. You know, it's it's so hard to find consistency um, and to fill every hole. But we, we've managed. My, my salary managers are in hourly positions at every store. My corporate team is basically running Murfreesboro right now. We're scrappy. We, we refuse to lose. We're fighters, you know. And uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm surrounded by good people. We, we managed it pretty well. And we kept our family intact. Good for so you. You're, cur- you're currently hiring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything. Host, bartender, bus, food runner, server, uh, managers, kitchen line, dish, whatever. I mean, I kind of want to come work for you right now. Like, it it sounds... You're pitching it well. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, just the whole vibe, like, the whole thing of what you're doing and the expansion and you're growing and it's a family. I mean, how many people go to work and they hate their job or, like, I go to work because they... I just come to work and I don't like it. But, like, I come to a place and when I wear this uniform... I get to I get to host people. I get to impress. I get to have fun at work every single day. Like it's I get to throw a house party every day that really is my job. That, that sounds pretty fun. It, you know, um it, it we try our best. I tell people all the time, you know, the very same thing is that you get to be you get to make this what it is. You know, there are jobs that I have where I pulled up to the back door and I was like, oh, oh, I'll get through it. I gotta get through today. And then I had jobs where I'd be like, I get to work with Susie and Katie and Jeff and Jim, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be busy today. We're going to have the garage doors up, ball game. You know, there there have been times where I've been so excited to go to work, and I told them, I was like, the day that you don't enjoy coming in here is the day you need to be looking to do something else, and we'll support you on that. But if, or at if least tell me. Is, yeah, just tell me what can we do. But I, I don't want them to ever be in a position where they have to show up and they don't want to be there. And, and so I tell people all the time, I don't expect you to sign a lifelong contract with Party Foul. I know that everyone has aspirations. Just give me your best while you're in this building, and I'm going to be your biggest advocate on your next place you go. And, and so that's the way we treat our team, and we try to keep it like that. Any shout-outs for people on your team who have just gone above and beyond through the pandemic or right now that if anybody that you can do, like, dude, these are the- – and yeah, and I hate doing that because people you and that you forget people. But is there anybody out there that you would just be like, man? Well, you are you already know, you know, Tiffany Thompson and Bart Pickens, uh, Giovanna Mangino, uh, Ryan Hutchinson. My my corporate team uh, did so phenomenal. But to 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 stop the list there would be would be asinine. It'd be ridiculous because I, man, every manager did everything we asked them to do. I had hourlies who they'd come in and still work when we did need that extra help, even if it affected the fact that they might not get their, you know, unemployment check. And, and so, no, I, I just say this, my party file family. Oh man, you'll get me choked up. I love every damn one of them. there. <laughs> I love my team. Love my family. That's All right. Oh. 
I think that's a great. So we started off with you got a place in the Titan Stadium, which is your dream, your team. This is an amazing honor for you. And I said, let's talk about how you got there. I think we did a pretty yeah. good job. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we covered a lot of ground here. I think we covered a lot of ground here. Jen, do you have anything else you want to add before I put him on the hot seat? I just want to know real fast if you feel personally responsible for the garage door trend of Nashville. Because <laughs> you guys and I think Barista Parlor were like the two that started it all. Um, here's what I'll say. If I am responsible in any way for the garage door trend, I want to apologize to all my fellow <laughs> and the surrounding areas because those damn things are a burden i love having the garage doors open hey we only get like 12 a year so uh-huh. literally here they just let in too much air mess up your hvac mess up your heat uh let rainwater come in i mean good lord i love and hate my garage doors i'm responsible in any way i am so very sorry <laughs> okay well austin one of the things that we do on our show is uh, we like to surprise every guest and let them take us out. So we're going to end the show here, but you get to take us out. Jerry's final thought style, whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say it for as long as you want to say it. The, uh, the floor is yours, sir. You're speaking in Nashville. Wow. Speaking in Nashville. Well, look, most of you, if you like hot chicken, have already tried my chicken, so I'm not going to sell that right now. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about our Tennessee Titans. How about that? No Derrick Henry, and we go in there to L.A., and we whoop their ass. It was fantastic. My kids and my wife, why is he screaming so loud? I don't know, maybe because Kevin Byard just did a pick six, and we've gotten five sacks in the first half. That might be a thing. I don't know. Maybe. You know, the next man thing in Nashville has obviously been working. We had the hardest strength of schedule the first half of the season. We have the easiest strength of schedule to finish out the season. Let's take this thing on down and finish this up in the Super Bowl. Go Titans. Tighten up, baby. And they say that Derrick Henry should be available for the Super Bowl should we get there. Maybe even for the playoff run. You know, if anyone, if anyone, I'm in. I'm all in. Let's get it. That's a storyline and a half right there. I think – I don't think there's a team in the NFL right now. I saw a thing that said, should the Titans be respected? And I'm like, yes, the Titans. Do you see the last four games we just played? I mean, holy cow. And then everyone goes, but they lost to the Jets. And I'm just, whatever, whatever. Get out of here. The Bills just lost to Jacksonville. You know what? We got that's That's a very good end to the show. I love it. Austin Smith, thank you for joining us on Nashville Restaurant Radio. We'll see you soon, brother. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you. Big thank you to Austin Smith for taking his time to join us on Nashville Restaurant Radio. It was so fun getting caught up and hearing more of his story. Also want to send a special shout out to Hope Zills with Bread and Butter. She has just been so great to us over here at Nashville Restaurant Radio and her patience with me and getting all of this stuff lined up. Uh, believe it or not, takes a small miracle um, as we've got a lot of stuff happening over here. If you run a PR company and you want to get your client on the show, please feel free. Send me an email, brandon at nashvillerestaurantradio.com, and I will be happy to talk to you and see what we can't do to make that happen. All right. We thank you guys for listening today. We hope that you are being safe out there. 
please go get vaccinated or get your booster. Love you guys. Bye.